I had been selected for a most important journey. I was to help fulfill the destiny of the two great ones, Bill and Ted. Wild Stallions rule! Whenever time stands still and trouble moves too fast, we say the future, we must learn about the past. Whoa! Most bodacious welcome to you, dude. Most bodacious welcome to you, dude. <laughs> did you ever, like, did you ever, like, that was the thing I remember about Bill and Ted the most. That, that, like, yeah, it, it was like, it's sort of like, I don't know, I always used to think that, like, the Bill and Ted thing, it's like, when you were younger, it was like, you just sort of watched them and went, those guys are fucking awesome. <laughs> and you still do, to a certain extent. Like, I'd love to be Bill and Ted still. Right. Well, this is what we're going to talk about, in case you hadn't seen from the title of the podcast, or the artwork of the podcast, or the fact that we just literally just started in a Bill and Ted fashion. We're talking Bill and Ted, Face to Music. It's the third instalment of Bill and Ted. We're going to talk about it in full spoiler, but we're also going to talk about other films a little bit as well because we realise it's a franchise we've never ever touched on. Um, at least me and Gaz, I don't think we've ever touched on it. So this will be, this might be a bit of an interesting one. I don't know how this is going to go, but it's going to be an excellent adventure, JB. Oh, it could be a bogus journey. <laughs> <laughs> right. So oh, we might have to face the music. Oh well. <laughs> here's the thing. Right, with this franchise. It's the easiest Bill and Ted already, this podcast. Well, I'm, I'm going to lay my cards out right now. Bill and Ted, I've ne- as a franchise, you get people who fucking love this franchise, absolutely adore it. Uh, I've got friends who have Bill and Ted tattoos, uh, yeah. stuff like that. To me, it's, it exists. It's, it's yeah, I, I sort of agree to a certain extent. It's not one that like I find myself going back to a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I've, I've, if, if anything, when I was like about to do this, because I've just watched, uh, I watched rewatched two and three. I didn't rewatch the first one because I've literally only watched it like last year. But when I think of Bill and Ted, my brain instantly goes to the cartoon. I remember. See, now I, I've never watched the series. Bill and Ted. Oh, cartoon. Well, it, for people who don't know, in the 80s and 90s, if any film of any kind got good, no matter what the rating of the film, they made it into a cartoon. They just did. So you had the Mask cartoon, Dumb and Dumber cartoon. Uh, yeah, your Bill and Ted. There was a Back to the Future cartoon, Ghostbusters cartoon, all cartoons. You just made them. I remember Bill and Ted cartoon. I enjoyed it most bodaciously. But the films themselves like as even as a kid, I think if you put it on 
if something like a bright light was outside, I would get up and walk outside and look at the bright light instead. It just the I wasn't quite that bad with it. Like I, I did enjoy it, but I just always felt like as a franchise, as as like a film, it wasn't as good as people made it out to be. Like almost like it, obviously it's it's more of like I suppose a, a, a cult following than it is a great movie. Yeah, I, I mean the other thing as well is someone in work when I was talking about this, someone in work said to me, "Oh, but." Like, because I said something along the lines to do with Wayne and Garth of Wayne's World were my Bill and Ted more than Bill and Ted. I, I like, there's two guys from, like, the 80s, early 90s playing guitar and saying, like, excellent, I think of Wayne and Garth. And they went, yeah, but Bill and Ted came first. But Bill and Ted didn't come first. Wayne and Garth got a, a film second. But they were um, a slot on Saturday Night Live from, like, 1985. So... Yeah. I don't know if I, I don't. I I think Bill and Ted were heavily in, influenced by the Wayne and Garth sketches, by some of the things they do and say. But they just don't. It's controversial opinion. It might be proven they never had anything to do with each other. But I I just think that they're kind of riding the same wave as them. And I would rather watch Wayne and Garth over Bill and Ted. I totally agree with that. To be honest. Um... This isn't how I imagine this podcast to start. Honestly, I, I've been dreading doing this because here's the thing, right? We were trying to think of movies to review. Quarantine's come back in again in England, in merry old England. So if you listen to the USA wondering why is Gaz on the end of the phone, we're back in lockdown. Me and Gaz can't see each other. Ho-hum. Um, very, very sad. Yeah. So I was looking at movies for us to watch that have come out. And I looked and I saw Mulan and I thought, no, I don't want to touch that with a shitty stick. New Mutants has come out. And even Chris said it was dire. And I was like, oh, no. And then Bill and Ted came out and I thought, oh, that might be good. That might be popular. And I know that might be good with Gaz. And then I had to look at myself in the mirror and go, but do I like Bill and Ted enough to like to sing its praises? And I'm, it's, I'm still kind of like, I don't know. Like, let's let's talk about this. This film. Right. I, I think that the thing with it is, is it's hard because obviously there's the new film that's mm. sort of separate because it's come so far after. So we'll get to that. Yeah. But as far as the first two films go, I think there's a massive difference between the two. Yes, there is. One there... I like a lot more than the other. Which one do you like more than the other? Excellent Adventure. I think that's the consensus. Well, I, I think it would have to be because I don't think Bogus Journey is anywhere near. Like, even when I was trying to think of moments that happened in, in the first one, I could reel off, like, loads of moments where I thought, oh, I did, I chuckled at that, I loved that bit. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. But Bogus, I struggle a little bit with that. Like, there is bits of it I like, but I do think it's a lot looser. It really did feel like they just went, oh, that was a success. Wasn't expecting that. Get a new one out in two years. See, I re-watching Bogus last night, because I, I actually couldn't remember Bogus at all. I was like, I've oh, got well, to... I, I watched it about two months ago, GB. I can't remember it. <laughs> right. So here's, here's, here's how I'm going to sum it up. Excellent Adventure is an, just an adventure film. But 
every because everything happens so kind of quickly, and I know the whole point is, oh, they've got to pass this history class. If they don't, he goes to join the army, and if he joins the army, he never forms wild stallions and unites the world. I never really ever felt like there was, uh, what's the word, uh, an end, an end event. I didn't feel like I cared. If they pass, if, oh no, they don't get to form Wild Stallions and unite the world, I don't care. I just never did, and I still don't. So, watching them kind of... Like Scrooge. <laughs> can't, what? Scrooge, Avery, of course you care. I don't. Oh, do you not care? Because I, I don't, I just don't care. It's a weird thing. I'm just like, eh. So they don't, okay, so here's the thing. So they don't unite the world. And the world, then, stays the same as it is now. That's not a causality. Yeah. That isn't because I'm all right with the world as it is now. I mean, I'm not in some respects. I mean, like, we're literally talking like this now. But what I mean is, I'm content. I don't think we can blame Bill and Ted for that. No, but <laughs> the cause, the cause, the thing that they're fighting for, I kind of just didn't care. It was such a like a Bob Geldof dream, you know, unite the world, man. Didn't care for it, not bothered. In the second one, Bogus Journey, I think its biggest problem is the opening act of. Um, fucking what's his what's what's he called? I've forgotten his name. The guy who plays Rufus, uh, fucking George Carlin. George Carlin. George Carlin. Um, rest in peace. Him. That entire first act with him uh, setting up bogus journey with the, and the robots landing and everything. If you cut that out and start it from just where you meet Bill and Ted in the film, it's brilliant. But that entire first act. Of all this, it's so oh, crap. It's so uh, uh, what's the word when you're just explaining everything? You're um, you know, when you're just explaining the whole plot of uh, ex ex no not exhibition. What is it? I have no idea. What you're exposition, about. exposition. It's so ex okay. so full of exposition that I kind of I drift off and I don't care, and then it's playing catch up with me. But I did find myself last night laughing at a lot of it. But again, it's just it's a it's a film that I've put on, and then this was the same. I, with... I do feel like that with Bogus. I, I felt like like the thing about Excellent Adventure for me. I know you're saying you don't care about the ends and stuff, but yeah, the plot is fucking loose as shit. But on the way through the movie, I really enjoy it because there's so many like things you can go. Oh well, this happened, this happened, this happened. Whereas in Bogus, for me, the, the plot is still loose as fucking arse to me, but I don't feel you get as many moments along the way to then overlook this really quite shotty timeline of events. Well, again, in Bogus, I actually like the cut. The, 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 what was they were working towards changed constantly because at first they were like trying to stop. They were just going to uh, stop the the gig from never happening, but then they've got to rescue yeah. their wives and then they've got to, you know, they've died and they need to get back to life. There was a load of little stuff like that, which I actually really, there is, uh, all right, I am, I do care now. I want them to live. I want the wives to not <laughs> die. There's, you know, there's, there's stuff like that. In Excellent Adventure, I just don't feel it. I'm, a, I'm dead inside the whole time. Like, okay, you've got, oh, and Napoleon Bonaparte and Socrates are hanging out with fucking Genghis Khan and, oh, they're going to, Going to 1989. <laughs> like one of my favourite bits. <laughs> the hijinks will be immense in a 1980s classroom with two California surfer dudes. It's 
it just seems like a, a one giant setup. Like, it's like they got the end and worked backwards to me. Like, what if you had all these people from history and these two, like, almost stoner surfer do they were like hanging with the beavers and a clean cut beavers and butthead but i think that's that's better because it's the simplicity of it that makes it more memorable and more funny like to me like other than death in bogus there's like obviously you can reel off loads of characters like we've just done it billy the kid socrates napoleon uh, genghis khan there's loads of like bits that you can go back to and go, oh, that was funny. Whereas I think in Bogus, like, obviously death is great in it, and I do really like evil Bill and Ted, but I don't feel like there's as much going on. And that's weird because, obviously, you've just said, like, they, they literally, it feels like they move onto different, like, plot lines, but I never feel like it has as much substance when they're doing it. I know, but I feel die, like... I feel it's like it's, <laughs> and I do really like the bit when they die, and I think what is it like one of them just goes like, "We're dead, dude." Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You know, like I love that aspect of it, but I just felt like so, it was a lot looser. But that's you, weird. So, do you prefer Bogus? I I, I think I kind of do after watching it last night because I I found myself like laughing out loud at some of the lines in it are great. Um, don't ask me to repeat any because I was I was quite drunk last night. Um, but I I did find like little things they said to each other made me giggle and laugh. Uh, like like you said, just how they're handling death and hell and heaven and uh, and uh, the uh, the only issue I had while I was watching it, I just thought it was a really a mad juxtaposition from the first film. Seems to be basing itself in you unite the world through like science and a philosophy of just being nice to each other. And kind of like override all religion. Whereas in the second film, it's heavily based in religious doctrine. There's a hell, there's a grim reaper, there's heaven, there's demons, there's um, there's all sorts like that. And I just thought that was quite, like I said, just a weird thing to go, a road to go down. Considering your first film has been all about traveling through time to create a scientific utopian future. Um I, yeah, I think I do. Bogus Journey works if you start it from the phone box landing and the two bad, the evil Bill and evil Ted getting out. From there on, if you watch it from there on, everything slowly becomes... <clears throat> like, everything that's explained in that stupid first act, which was, I swear, just made to get the Faith No More guitarist in it, um, <laughs> was, like... It, it makes it more mysterious. So think, think of it, it lands. You see them get out, refer to themselves as evil Bill and Ted. Maybe they might even show, check their teeth and show they were like robots instead of doing it in that first bit. And they go, you know, they hear, you fools, Rufus uh, tried to stop you. Is he there? And they look and there's half of Rufus's guitar stuck on the top, burnt out, and they go, no, he's not. And then that's all that's said and that's left and it's a little mystery for them. And it goes on like that, and you go, all oh, right, so there's an evil Bill and Ted, and Rufus is trying to stop them, and right, so evil Bill and Ted must be here for Bill and Ted. You, you put it together yourself, you don't need that stupid first opening act, which just makes no sense and looks like it has the budget of £10. Well, I think that could, I mean, that would that be the director's job to have made sure that that yeah. Out, do you think? It's a, bit of, it's a bit of script. Oddly enough, I was looking at whether there was a consistency, like, obviously in the writing and the direction. Because obviously, for me, they feel so different. Now, 
Writer-wise, it is still the same guys as Solomon, Chris Matheson. Right. But the director's change. Now, the director for um, Excellent Adventure did, like, Critters, Mighty Ducks, and even one of my favourite films, Rockstar, although that's very different to, like, sort of this sort of comedy thing. Yeah. Now, the second guy who did Bogus, his like only real claim to fame that I saw on his like director's log was the Borrowers movie uh, and <laughs> the new Garfield movie. Oh bloody hell! Uh, really? Honestly, like there's other films, but they're the, the, the they're like his biggest highlights. <laughs> and you're like, well, Jesus Christ! Like that shows to me he's not much cop as a director. I mean, it's. I've, and I think that's what I. I do think that's why Bogus falls down because it it, do, it almost is taking itself a bit too seriously. Whereas the first one for me knows what it is. It's just a totally simple, you know, throwaway excellent adventure for two stoner kids essentially. I kind I, of... I, I resonate with that more than I do. Like, uh, don't get me wrong, they're both far-fetched. We've got time travel and telephone box. As much as we like Doctor Who, we know it's not real. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, obviously, I feel like the first one is more legitimately real than the second one. I, well, the second one, again, adds, like, God sends them to meet the most, uh, the greatest scientific mind in the universe, and it's two aliens called Station. And they, yeah. and then they collide to make one alien. And I just thought the whole thing, I like, and like you said, then there's robot Bill and Ted come up, and I just think it thinks far more outside the box. And because it, I feel like it knows that the two characters, and again, this might not be a popular opinion to some people, but there's not much depth to Bill and Ted. The two guys who just love and respect everyone, and but because of that, they've kind of. I don't know if they're not naive or they just don't try hard. They're just kind of so chilled out and relaxed that they don't try hard at anything. But they're not bad people. They're just like dead zen. and that's, But that's their entire character. And that's it. There's nothing else to them. There's like no... No depth. No. What about dust? Wind. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> But see, put, putting them in situations where then they have to explore themselves was more fascinating to me. So they deal with their literal personal hell. They have to deal with uh, an evil version of themselves. They have to deal with God and hell and it, and and death itself and look at like hit death himself and the concept of death. I think that's far more fascinating with any character to do than to just go. What if, which is, sorry, the first film to me is, what if Bart Simpson met Genghis Khan? <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> I'm a simple man. I don't know. I feel like we're never going to agree. I just, no. I, I know. I we, know but, opposite but, ends of the spectrum on this one. I honestly, like, when, we, when I first said about, like, one film is way better than the other, I have no thought in my mind that you, you would be on the bogus side honestly, of that equation. Honestly, I hold my hand up. Bogus has a, like a lot of faults. Like for starters, well, they both have faults. 
sense. And, yeah. and that's the thing. is This is a weird franchise to touch on because you really do have to take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah, this is what I mean. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, even to the point, and like, obviously, I love Excellent Adventure compared to Bogus, but there are bits in, in that. I still don't really get why it was mentioned. Like, when they first go in the in the uh, the telephone box, yeah. I think it is, the strange things are referred to Circle K or whatever the hell it is. Um, why does he say wind your watch? I've never understood why. Don't they have to? Because don't they have to sync their watches? An excellent adventure. So he's just like. No, but then, I, look, this is me going down the time travel route. But he goes, make sure you wind your watch, Bill. And he goes, yeah, 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 son, I'll wind my watch or whatever the hell. It is, right? And then he goes off on his adventure. You get back, and then he goes, oh, I forgot to wind my watch. I and then he goes, but I'll go and remind myself to wind my watch, but then... This is the first film? Him. It's just, oh, I just don't know. That it... bit in particular, it just sends me west trying to think, why does he go and remind him and then not remember it? <laughs> I... But, like, it's a sort of... I, I don't know. I, for me, I just don't understand why you'd have to wind his watch. You're in a time machine. Why don't they just go back to the time before his watch? I mean, I meant other things like. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, what? Yeah. I don't. Understand. But I kind of. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, I didn't understand why God would help Bill and Ted, because, like I said, he can't. They kind of unite the world to be like to think past religion. So why would God want that? But that was my little thing. And I didn't understand, like that. Like I said, that first ten minutes needs cutting from Bogus Journey, and they say they in the first two films they say gay and fag a lot, <laughs> like like that. I did, I, maybe that's just because like I'm so acclimatized to sort of like growing up on South Park, but I didn't notice that. Yeah, dude. Like they like there's in the first one. Like, they keep, like, going to go hug each other and, like, oh, that's gay. No, uh, uh, like that. See, that type of thing, probably just because, as I say, I'm so used to sort of, like, yeah, you're gay in South Park. And I literally, that is, like, my upbringing from, like, 13. It probably just goes out. I still, every now and then, go, oh, dude, that's gay. And then go, oh, shit, I shouldn't say that anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, it, it's, it's a hard thing to switch off. But they... I kind of forgive them for doing it because one, it's of its time, and two, it shows the characters are still kind of immature. Like that's fine. Yeah. But that the f bombs dropped quite a fair bit. Is like that, that's the one I'm surprised that I would have thought I'd have gone. Ooh. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I noticed when gone. I was watching like Raw like a few weeks back when Bret Hart drops the f bomb, and I immediately text Funboy to say, <laughs> "Your your like favorite wrestler of all time, you think's amazing, just called like." Someone who wears an earring, a fag. <laughs> oh, mate, I'll tell you what, though. Like, when Goldust first came in... Oh, dude, uh, like, all the signs saying, like... hell, that was insane with all of the stuff around that. Mate, honestly, it's, it, it is of its time. So, that I oh, totally... I totally understand that, but looking I, back at it now, you're like, oh, that's not holding up well at all. <laughs> well, let's, I mean, let's look at Bill and Ted 3. We haven't actually t- talked about it yet. Um, one, yeah, okay. one, like, I'll start with the fact that it doesn't even touch on those things. So it's not like it retroactively like shows them going. We were very like, we didn't mean to say those things, or kind of you know somehow making up for. Oh, we were so stupid back then. Like have them hug 
and they go like, oh, remember when you used to think this was gay? Or something like that, you know, just to, just to level out. They didn't really address the previous two films other than to tip its cap to Rufus um, and to... Does the story make any sense anymore? Because I thought the whole point was... <laughs> the whole point was them two write a song, them two, of their own volition, and they perform it on national TV for the whole world to see. I thought that was what the first film was setting up. And Bogus Journey sets it up perfectly. They're on TV. And then it showed the credits of how successful they were. But the opening credits of this were, oh, they had a terrible career. It's like, no, the end yeah, credits said they were amazing. It's like they try and suggest that they had like the moment where they united the world, but then started releasing shit is what I took from it. Mm. And then like basically like this, they're now like, rather than being sort of the saviors of the world, they're like aging sort of with no idea musicians, I guess. But it was very loose. It was yeah. a very like, to me, it was sort of like, oh, you know, it's been, I mean, what? Like, like how long has it been? 20... 91. 91. So, so it's 20, 39, shit, 29 years. 29 years. And you think that's what they're doing to summarise what's happened over the 29 years? It it, it was a, a really poor opening, I thought. Uh, yeah, I, I was also screaming at the TV... Because if there's one thing that I've been doing during this, it's been screaming at the TV when stuff doesn't make sense. Like I said, Bill and Ted, not really bothered about. Bogus Journey, things were not making sense. And I was screaming at the TV a little bit, but then as it went on, it, it made more sense. This one, it says they're split up, but they're clearly friends. The wives are still friends. So because I completely forgot that death was the bassist, I just didn't understand what it meant that by they were split up. They're not split up. They live to live next to each other. The problem is that they're too close, if anything. Like, they're still best mates. And the wives are, like, going, you guys are getting a little close. We're not saying you're gay in it or anything because, you know, that was a bit of a problem in the first and second film. But you need to kind of, like, focus more on us. And I was in my head going, how is this band split up? I don't understand it at all. Like... Yeah, it did. It did, and that was bothering me. Well, until they finally met death, which took ages. And yeah, like, uh, I'm, like with the other films, I was sort of willing. I, I I sort of went into it thinking, well, this is gonna be a bit naff. I, I honestly like I'd seen the trailer and thought, mm, I'm not so sure. So I sort of thought, right, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. It's probably going to be like the other two films where the plot is loose. But I just want to see if I enjoy it along the way. In a, in a way, I did enjoy it along the way. I thought there were some good, like, humour moments in it. Like, I did, like, love it. Like, you said, you know, well, once Death come into it, and, like, I loved seeing, like, the fact that he was sort of, like, the disjointed band member. I thought that was quite a good idea. And he had, like, you know, like, the old stuff up on the wall and stuff, and he was, like, dead pissed off with them because he basically pinned them off. Yeah. I thought, that's quite a clever way to bring him into it. Yeah. Like, there's bits of it... Right, this film, I just don't think it needed to happen. It just... Well, it, no, it definitely... I, I don't... Do you know the thing, though, right? I, I did sort of enjoy it, 
to an extent. I don't think it's absolute garbage. No, but it like, is the worst of the I three. I actually quite liked the daughters in it. Yeah, which I did not yeah. expect. Yeah, I thought that was going to be completely tacked on and be. I um, I like especially seeing as we just saw recently Jane Silent Bob reboot and their daughters are in it. I thought mm. someone's been talking to someone from one studio and got a little idea here, and this probably isn't going to get pulled off that well. And I, if anything, I was picturing more, this is going to be Bill and Ted, the daughters, and they're going to be very much in the background. But it was nice and evenly balanced. I didn't think they hogged, like, the, they didn't chew the scenery, but they didn't do a bad job they were believably yeah. bill and ted's daughters they they said the words but they were clearly their own people yeah no i i really that, that's the things it's a weird movie this because i actually i did enjoy watching it like i did enjoy the daughters i liked Kirsten. Uh, is it Kristen or kirsten shawl uh, Kristen Shaw, sort of like Rufus's daughter. Yeah, she was a good pick. She was a very good pick. For... I really like her anyway. Like she's from Flight of the Concords. She's I've always loved her, like sort of quirkiness. Yeah, she's. So funny. I thought that was a great fit. So there was loads of like bits like in it, like like with the daughters and her, and like even Bill and Ted. I thought was actually quite a lot funnier than I was thinking it was going to be. My biggest problem the entire way through face the music hmm. was facing the music what do you mean it was the dreadful what do you mean the soundtrack was <laughs> awful <laughs> for bill and ted yeah right so this is it an interesting thing i want to shocking and what makes bill and ted from excellent adventure and bogus journey even though i think the loose films they're enjoyable along with the soundtrack because the soundtrack uh, is fucking awesome. It's like badass fucking metal and hair metal and shit. And the new one, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> it, it, don't get me wrong, there's some decent band names in there. There's Weezer, there's Mastodon, but not once did I feel a scene was made better by any of the music in it. Right, it's funny how you mention and that music. Notes for the end, what a shit end to a Bill and Ted film. <laughs> that fucking disgrace of a song. <laughs> well, not only right. So here's the thing. The yeah, I'm the. We'll touch the ending in a minute. The the music thing is quite interesting because I don't really. The only thing I remember from the first film is what we just. I said at the start the like them doing that. I always. I even remember. Do you do you remember Tomorrow's World, the TV show? On, like, ITV? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it would would talk about... It was, like, for those outside of the UK who may not know this, it was, like, a show on British TV which would display what we could expect in the future. It was kind of like a science and technology TV show. Like, it was... I think it's most famous for showing a house of the future back in, like, the late 70s, early 80s. And it's got, like... You'll be able to do things like push a button and see any scenery outside that you would want. You know, just like mad jets and shit that it, it, it's actually not practical at all. But I Technically, mean, you could do that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, now you could. I feel like everything they said <laughs> that we could do, we could do, but we don't because we don't want to. It's fucking shit. What do you think a screensaver is, lad? <laughs> but they, they came up. I remember them showing once 
jump jumpers that had motion detect detectors in the stomach area of the jumper and then they had speakers on the shoulders and to display what this could do someone made it so that whenever they moved their hand in front of the jumper in a so they would mime the guitar it would do the diddly 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 do out the shoulders i remember thinking <laughs> I, I don't know how we got to this because i wanted that and that's what i remember like being a big thing of bill and ted was a diddly 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 do in the second oh, right and they don't do it in the new one well they burn like in the second one i feel like every other scene is uh, no sorry every other line is diddly there's so many yeah. thrown in and to the point where I was listening and going is that the guitarist from Faith No More because that would explain why he's in it I ended up googling it because I definitely could tell there was a Vi song in there because I recognised Steve Vi a mile away and Steve Vi does all the diddle diddle dudes in that film he's responsible for each and every one of them um, but in this film I didn't feel there was nearly any at all no, I, I don't think there were. I can't remember one. And it would have been, like, a good thing to keep going because it, it makes the character more consistent. Like, yeah, okay, you're trying to say that they've, like, maybe grown up a bit, but surely the whole mannerism and the whole point of this new movie would be to show that Bill and Ted haven't really changed. But then they're, they're growing up to like pass it on to the daughters or something. I don't know. And then even like to the extent of why wouldn't they have the daughters then do it? Yeah, right. So here was another as, as thing. As a bat on being passed sort of thing. I thought. But we talked about the ending. The music was terrible, man. Like <laughs> it was the thing that that sews both the previous films together for me because I genuinely like look at the track lists of them and think, oh, that's boss. And like even to the point of you could take the end of each film and go, wow, like I think it was like, was it extreme play with do you want to play or something like that at the end of the first one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got God gave rock and roll to you, Kiss, at the end of the second one. And what do we get? In this modern age, well, I mean, it probably does sum up to a certain extent the music industry of today because it was just a mismatch of absolute dross. Well, it's it was terrible. It's funny you saying and that. So I've, I've decided. I looked, right, I looked before the podcast started at who it was, and it, it's put the Wild Stallions as the name. Well, I mean. I'm not being funny, but if that's the the song that saves the fucking world, we're all fucking doomed. This is this is why we're in this situation, JB. That song. <laughs> you got you have gone well off on one. You're not happy at all. Uh, because it's it, I don't understand what they were thinking. Right, if they looked at what the Bill and Ted franchise was before making this film, surely they must have known that one of the big parts of it was the music. And that music was from that period. I get it. We're in modern age. They might have used modern bands. But why didn't they use modern bands to then do the elements of, like, say, the early eight, the 80s and the early 90s? You know, Weezer have done covers. Weezer are on this. Well, yeah, why this is what I was about to say. Like... I was about to say, so I've got it here. It says here that the reason the music is like it is is that rather than focus on the hair metal of the original films, music director Jonathan Leahy 
involved groups such as Weezer, Mastodon, and Lamb of God, who he believed represented the current state of electric guitar. He helped them compose songs for the film, such as Lamb of God's The Death of Us, which was used in the prison scene. Uh, Tosin Abassi was serving as an earth shredder for Bill and Ted. I do not know what that sentence means. Uh, Lee brought... I don't know what it means. Lee brought, brought in his band Animals as Leaders to play on the soundtrack version of the World Saving Song. So the World Saving Song, even though it's billed as Wild Stallions, is actually the, the band Animals as Leaders. Well, they're fucking shit. <laughs> because I'm not being funny, but... It, I, 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 I just despair at that ending. It just ends as well. Say, it just goes, and they did the like, song. The bit of the film, like, you know, like the bit where it goes to them and it's it, evil Bill and Ted at Dave Grohl's house. I fucking loved that. That was great little tie-in to the modern era. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Like, using Dave Grohl, who's, like, obviously, like, the biggest rock star, sort of... Probably of our generation, like a proper rock star. Yeah, yeah. Rather he's, than he's, going back into like you know sixties and seventies and stuff. My mum knows so that Dave Grohl. That was fantastic. So why isn't Dave Grohl shredding at the end with them or something? Makes total sense. Why doesn't he come back out? And oh yeah. Why would they not them? use Dave Grohl? It's, it just baffles me. That face the music song is the worst song. How on earth did they think? That was gonna. Okay. Why didn't they get the darkness? Here's another. <laughs> here's another darkness. thing. Here's another thing that didn't make sense to me. They go, oh, but how do we get everyone to play those instruments and know what song they're playing? The girls go, don't worry, we'll we'll, we'll sort this. They run off and come back and go, right, it's in a C. A C is the bass note, and it's in a the 113 beats per minute. Now, Gary, as a man who has been playing guitar for nearly. 30 years of his life and has been in multiple bands and recorded I want you to answer these two questions very honestly. One, can you play a C chord knowingly? Like, yes. If, so if I gave you a guitar and went, play an open C, you'd play it? Yes. Okay, that's fair enough. There was a time when you would have <laughs> definitely said no. Because you don't. Well, I I know where it is, and that yeah. To be fair, when I was in the salons, I didn't know chords at all. Exactly, but <laughs> but that that's I do my, know chords now. But that's my, that's the point. That's the point. You had to you had to actually learn music to know what a C note is. So that information yeah. is fucking useless to anyone who doesn't know how to play an instrument. Second of all, Gaz, start. Um, give me a beat at one hundred and thirteen a minute, please. No exactly, exactly. So if you'd have come up to me, like a person just runs in this room now and goes, you need to save the world, you need to play this, and hands me a xylophone, because that's what they were handing random instruments out, a xylophone, you have to hit play the C at 113 beats a second. I wouldn't know what to do. And I play music. No, I, I literally, when I'm writing riffs, right, I'll write a riff and I'll put it into Garage Band, and then I have to find... The, the fucking BPM because there's absolutely no chance that I could go I'm going to play this at 130 <laughs> it just doesn't work no it doesn't like I'm not saying there's people out there who can't but the, the idea of that fixes that problem was so bizarre to me and actually showed like a lack of music knowledge uh, I, I just it's the worst of the three films because it oh yeah and, and I, I do actually think if they'd have got the mu music right on this, yeah, 
I honestly feel it would be a lot better than it is. I... And I know that's like, you know, sometimes you could sort of overlook and go, okay, well, you know, we're in the modern time, so blah, blah, blah. But I just think the music was such a big part of the first two and why it was enjoyable. The, the fact that it's such a weak soundtrack. And as I say, there's good bands on there. There could even be, if you played me a song, I might even go, actually, it's not a bad song, but in the context of the film, they're just forgotten about. I mean, there I isn't mean, how a weird, single how weird scene mix in the that? movie where what? I remember one of the songs, apart from the end, when I know the song was shit. Isn't and it, that's a massive disappointment. Isn't it weird how, like, they went, we need to find some bands that show the current state of guitar today, and the guy's gone, Mastodon? Lamb of God? And then Weezer? Like, I would have gone Foo Fighters, because if they if they release a song, it gets played on Radio 1. Like, none of those other bands, if they release a song, would. So I would have said Foo Fighters. Um, it gets a bit hard, doesn't it? <laughs> I just think they should have gone, like, for, for bands, not, not necessarily, like, just play 80s and 90s songs, by the way, but they could have gone to Rival Sons, they could have gone to The Darkness, Darkness would have been a good one. Steel Panther. Oh, Steel even, Panther would have been perfect. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, like, actually, Steel Panther would have been really and a good even choice. Even to the point of, they could have gone to some of the old bands, you know, Megadeth's in, in Bogus, with yeah. a song that was just released for Bogus. Go to hell, and it's a great song. Why not go back to Megadeth and say, "Oh, you know, like we're, we're doing a new Bill and Ted." I know you wrote a song for the last <laughs> one. Why don't you write us another one? That's one of the lines, isn't it? When he goes, "Oh, dude, if I die," like he they're climbing up that gate to the devil, and like he slips and falls and catches himself. He's like, "Oh, dude, like if I die, you can have my like entire Megadeth collection." And he goes, <laughs> "Dude, we're dead." And oh yeah. I suppose that means they're yours now. <laughs> like, that's I, I, that. I do love bogus actually more than yeah, definitely, it's definitely bogus. But do you know as well one last thing. Seeing as I was on things that I hate, yeah. do you know the other thing that I despise, and it is in the one that I really enjoyed, is when they get given guitars at the end of Excellent Adventure, yeah. and there's no heads on the fucking guitar necks. <laughs> oh my god. Honest to God, what spoon wants a guitar that doesn't have a head on it? It's it was a thing though back then. It was cool. It's awful. It's and, oh, oh, don't get me wrong. I'll never like if someone goes, oh look at my awesome guitar and it's got no head on it. I would not be able to stop laughing at them. I, I just don't. I don't get it. I'm with you. At all. I'm with you on that. I feel like there was. I think there was a band called Tsunami Bomb. And I think the guitarist in one of the videos had a black guitar which had no head, but the guitar body shape was like a small rec- black rectangle. And I think he must have thought it looked quite edgy, but it just looked like he'd made a cardboard guitar. I, like it looked fake, it didn't look real, and it didn't come off as being cool. It just looked like a naff guitar. Yeah. I, I, think, you, I think you're right. I think the music. Liverpool City Centre that plays the cardboard guitar. <laughs> I'd rather have that than one of them. I think you're right about the music. Like it, What I liked about this film, I began to enjoy, was them exploring the history of music. So they obviously they go back and they go and get Jimi Hendrix, who is like 
the guitarist, guitarist, it's him. But then they go, who inspired Jimi Hendrix? Well, they go for Louis Armstrong. And then they go further back to Mozart. Uh, and then they go, like, for who was Mo- who did Mozart like? And it was this uh, this Asian person called, like, Ling Ming or something like that. And then that person, because it's so far back, has heard of, like, a cave person drumming as being, like, there. I just thought that was all dead clever. Like, yeah, at the end of the day, we were all just smacking stuff. Like, drums probably came first. And then, then like, showing that rock and roll has its roots in black music as well was really... That was, that was great. It's, like, it's finally people are admitting it because God knows how many... You ask Kid Rock who invented rock and roll, and he's like, Ted Nugent. <laughs> it's like shut the fuck, shut the fuck up. Um, I mean, what did you like about it? I feel like we've slated it a lot. Like I like I, honestly, I did actually really enjoy it to a certain extent. Like it's the the end just completely flatlined me, and it like whereas I would probably have said I was enjoying it enough to give it a six. The end itself knocked it down two points. Did you like the? Do you know what I thought was really annoying? It was like they did stuff too late. Death comes in far too late. We see him early as well when his dad dies. We see yeah. death for a moment, and then he just doesn't appear again. I thought, well, that was pointless. Um, but that the robot that goes around killing everyone, he ends up being really funny. Like when he's like, when he dies, and like a robot's dead and it's in hell, but okay. And it just all of a sudden he's given a personality. It's really quite funny. Like the, bit, the, the actual humour in it, I was really surprised. I, I was expecting it to be like one of those where you watch it and some of the jokes really fall quite flat and it, it all feels a bit like, oh, I don't know, like it's two aged age blokes playing, you know, sort of teen characters. But I actually thought the humour was really good. I thought it was actually like, quite a funny film. I, I thought like Ted meeting Ted was hilarious. Like Yeah, I really liked the, the other Bill and Ted. Yeah, but when they met like when they meet the entire way through, I really liked that. When he meets the old Bill and Ted, that was that was like when he's like, I never really could open myself up to you because I see a lot of you in me. I was laughing my head <laughs> off at that. Yeah. It's like they wouldn't be how they wouldn't be self aware of what they're saying. Like um yeah, I like it this is so weird. Like I'm on the Wikipedia now for the film, right? And it says like you know here we, yeah, it was Ling Lun, sorry, was the person. Ling Lun was the person they were being. But it says like Dazman still played Jimi Hendrix, um Kid Cudi as himself. Now so Jared Bankins played young Ted and also Jesus Christ, which is like random. Um but then it like whoever's wrote this Wikipedia is done loads of weird ass shit. Like so they've put where is it here? Holland Taylor as the great leader, comma, the most powerful person in the universe. Um where where is it here? William Sadler as the Grim Reaper. Now that's all you need. That's all you need. But they've put yeah. William Sadler as the Grim Reaper, comma, the personification of death who had a fallout with Bill and Ted due to a lawsuit. That's the, Someone that, just wanted to fill some words. I know, yeah. Like, imagine if that was what on your on your acting CV. Well, I did play the Grim Reaper, the, who was a personification of death, who had a fallout with Bill and Ted due to a lawsuit. 
doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. It's it's a weird film. I don't think it was necessary. I considering it's about music and about goes into like the roots of music. It has a terrible soundtrack. Considering it's a finale, like this is definitely the last Bill and Ted film. That it the ending yeah. is awful, and that they finally get to hear the song, and the song is shit. It's yeah. not. But that's it. That's exactly it. It's dragged down completely. It's actually splattered with some good humour and some good characters. But the music drags it so far down from the other two. It's it, it spoils it. Yeah. Like I, I you know, even to the point of like because of the way like Bill and Ted like the series goes, I suppose. That ending it makes me never want to watch The Other Two again because I know how it ends. I will never go. I'm going to watch this trilogy. Yeah. Now, I don't watch Bill and Ted that often anyway, but there is not a cat and else chance I'm watching Face the Music ever again. See, it's a weird... Which is sad because for some of it, it was quite good. Yeah. It's a weird... It is a totally weird thing. Like, And it's getting back to what we I said at the beginning of this franchise, which there are some people who like dig it so much they have tattoos of it. But generally speaking, like if I go into work and say Bill and Ted, yay or nay, everyone will probably put a thumbs up, be like yes. But then if I went round and asked each person, when was the last time you watched Bill and Ted? They probably okay. haven't watched it in ten years. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, why would you not? Why do you not return to that? Eve, like as she was leaving for work, she went, "What are you doing?" I'm going, oh, "I want to watch Bill and Ted three and then talk about it with Gaz." And she went, "Oh." I love Bill and Ted. I've been with her for five years. Bill and Ted has never come out of her mouth. And she's never said Bill and Ted at all. I'm not calling her a liar by any means. But what I mean is, like, I, I said to... I said, you've never said that. What You like instrument? Of course you do. Time travel, history, historical people, and the humour. She went, it's just good fun, isn't it? And I went, yeah. And she went, anyway, bye. And went out and I thought... <laughs> And then the I thing put, is, though, it is sort of... It is, but then she's film. never... She, in I, five years, films, she's never thought to put it on. I do think there are films, though, like that, that you don't need to go back to. You still enjoy it when you watch it, but you don't watch them all the time. Maybe. This falls in that category. They're cult classics. So, like, everyone knows they're not great movies. They're not like, you know, Shawshank Redemption. No one's going to say the world's best movie. And probably people would probably say they're not even, like, the funniest films ever. They're not going to put them in the same bracket as Airplane or something. But there's something charming about them. They're good fun, as Eve said. Like, perfectly enjoyable, the first two. And even for some of the newer one, it was all right. But that ending spoils it. Totally. Mm. It's such a build-up as well. Like, such a build-up to that. It's two, exactly. Three it's, films. It, it had to be. Like, where, the way all the way through the light, it needs to be this song, this song. And I even think they should have even considered going, do you know what, we're not going to get this song or something. I'm trying to twist it that they, they don't need the song or something. I don't know. But to then throw in that awful song at the end... That is criminal. It had to be. You're, you're rivaling kisses. God gave rock and roll to you. Yeah. Like I, does, the, but like, I it, don't get how they got it so badly wrong. And why? Why did? Because I thought as well. It is the set in the set in bogus journey. 
like they're told that they have to re- play the song right there and then on stage. So they go back in time and learn their instruments good enough. Like they spend years and years and years back in time, so much so that they have kids and everything, have the daughters that when they they play the song, they are talented musicians. They know their craft. So the idea that it, I feel like all that is just ripped away in this. And and also the minute the minute the girls start spe- uh, saying like strip flexing their musical know how, I was like, oh, so it's the girls who write the song. It's the girls who will do yeah. this. I didn't for any mo because then it because re- it says like you they said it would be Preston and uh, Logan. Is it right? Am I saying that right? Is it is, what are their last names? It is Logan, isn't it? Yeah, it will be Preston and Logan. And then it was like, and there's a Preston and there's a Logan on screen that aren't Bill and Ted. Yeah, I kind of got the feeling with that. It was sort of the Star Wars thing of like, you know, where they say like Anakin's going to be the one who brings uh, uh, balance balance to the Force. And it ends up being Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I sort of got from it. But obviously it didn't really work that way because... As far as I'm concerned, there was no fucking balance. <laughs> I mean, let's let's just to to summate because we're hitting the coming close to the hour mark now. Uh, yeah. To summate, we're gonna go gonna rate each film here. We're gonna show all our cards because we've, like I said, we've never really talked about the films. I'm sure there'll be some Bill and Ted fans like the skin will be crawling and will hate us and might unlike the page. It's just our opinion. It's not fact. We've actually not said. That we hate these films. We don't think they're stupid. We um, we don't think like we don't we don't not get why people don't get it. We just think it doesn't connect. At least I don't think it doesn't connect with me anyway. But okay, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure out of ten. What would you give that? Seven for me. It was my favorite. It was a lot. I think it's the funniest one. I think there's more moments in it that people refer back to. I love most of the characters, like, I mean, even, we've not even touched on, like, I know we sort of briefly mentioned the mall scene, but, like, I love Beethoven's solo in the middle of that mall. It's fucking brilliant. Um, and stuff like that thrown in all the way through, and the music's great. So, yeah, seven for me, that one. <laughs> uh, I'm somewhere of, like, I'm probably a a six. Like like I said, it doesn't really do anything. It's harmless to me. I'm not offended by it. I don't hate it. I just I'm just not bothered by it. Yeah, so so, so that's excellent adventure. Bogus journey. So for me it's a six because I didn't like it as much as excellent adventure. But I still like it's still an enjoyable film. You know, when it's on, I'm enjoying it. But because I never find myself really remembering much about it. That, to me, suggests it's not as good. So I'm giving it six. See, yeah, I'm we're just switching places here. I'm going to give it seven. It'll get eight if it honestly just cut out those first ten minutes and began just as the that telephone box lands and evil Bill and Ted get out. If it began there, it'd be an eight. But that first ten minutes, it's just so crap. Like. Everything about his crap, the dialogue, the costumes, the camera angles, it's, it's all crap. Um, so then that leaves this, Bill and Ted 3, Face the Music. Yeah. I don't I'm, want to be I'm too say it. I did enjoy some bits of it. I liked Death's bits in it, even though he wasn't in it that much. 
I love the bit with where they're at Dave Grohl's house. I thought that was great. I do actually really like the daughters, and I do like Kristen Shaw. So, and I actually thought the humour in it was much better than I thought it was going to be. But that song at the end, it tears it down. So, it's going to be a four for me. Wow. Wow. I think that's probably high, but I did enjoy quite a bit of it, but I just think the end just ruins it as a film. I think you're being possibly harsh. Like, if someone might be going, that's rich coming from you, given what you've just said. I, But I I think that's harsh. I don't think it was that bad. The ending's annoying. It's not the be-all and end-all. But it is the worst. I think it is in a film like this. I though. know, that's but what, it's not. Like, it it's... builds up to the to, to the end so much. That's why, like, you could you could sense my anger with that that song and that moment because you all needed was a good song, and this would be a surefire six. <laughs> 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 they just they just blew it, man. <laughs> it, I think it, I'm I'm not gonna be as low as you. I'm gonna give it a five. I'm gonna give it give it a five. It's passable. If someone put it on, I wouldn't tell them to turn it off. Um, it's just not got it's it's got a, even references. It refers back to Station at one point, and Station is one of the best parts of Bogus. Um, so yeah, it's it is what it is. I think it's the best way I can put it. You got a Bill and Ted film in 2020 during a quarantine. What did you think you were gonna get? Like it's probably as well. Like uh, I know. You know, it's a bit of a tangent, I suppose, but this is one of the worst years I think I've ever had for film. Oh, I, like, I mean, like, the, I don't know how we're going to do it. I know they've not released some stuff, but Jesus Christ, it's like scraping the barrel trying to find films to watch at the moment. I was trying to think of a way to do the nerdies, like, just with content, like, what do we talk about? And, like, change some of the nominations... But now we're in the UK, we're, we're being really locked down, households can't mix. M- might not even be able to have a nerdies at all, by, by, you know, for all I know. Which I'm kind of seeing as maybe a good thing, because I'm struggling to go, like, best film of the year. I don't want to say Sonic the Hedgehog. But it is... oh, well, oddly, oddly enough, I would probably say, if we did do the nerdies, I would have good nominations. I'm not saying there haven't been good films, I'm just saying it's been slim fucking pickings. Well, how slim... And this just happened to be in the middle of it all. <laughs> Do you think that Bill and Ted 3 is in the slim pickings of good, or is it in with the rest of the dross? Was it excellent, or was it a bogus journey? Let us know uh, in the comments or in the emails. Like I said, we're just talking, we're just having fun. Don't be offended by the fact that... Because I do get there are total Bill and Ted heads out there, and power to you. If you enjoy it, good on you. But it just is something that... Believe it or not, two California dudes time traveling didn't really connect with two guys from Merseyside. So I've been Doctor Who. Yeah. Time travel. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. I the next time we speak, Gaz, it might be about a film. It might be to just do a classic quarantine session podcast because this is our life now, everyone. So yeah. It's, it's very enjoyable. And on that bombshell, uh, I've been Jay. I've been Gaz. And we have been totally bodacious on TalkNerdy.uk. Stay bodacious, dear. Party on! Oh, wait, see, that's Wayne's World! See, that's Wayne's World! (laughs) Wayne's World was better.